Hi, friends. Happy Thursday launch of a new podcast with a very special guest. But before we dive into the conversation with the uber fat Priscilla Shire, let me just tell you how much it means to me to have you share the podcast with your friends and family. Just last week, a podcast listener, Jamila, DM'd me and said that she was able to send the Dating Coach episode from this past season over to her cousin, who then listened to the single episode from season two, then signed up for a dating app, and lo and behold, she's now dating a great match. Can I take credit for being a matchmaker still on that one? Or how about listener Keely Coop? Keely, I really hope I'm saying your name right. Uh, she binged all the season one episodes and fell in love with my counselor, Dr. Karen, and her secret sauce recipe for healthy relationships. Y'all, things are happening because you guys shared the podcast. So this is my summer salute to you all. Thanks for being such a fun community. Before we dive into today's episode, let me first let you know that I love finding out the why before the who. Today's guest is known as a world-class communicator, author, Bible teacher, and actress. But I wanted to know the Priscilla before the Shire. You know what I'm saying? Because the roots produce the fruit. And will you please indulge me and let me tell you how grateful I am she said yes to the show? I mean, y'all, I have the worst and most embarrassing story that I pray to God she forgets. Okay, so Priscilla, and because I have no standards, I'm going to share this story with you. Uh, Priscilla has a single brother by the name of Anthony Evans. He sings, he played football, he's a cowboy, and yes, he's beautiful. Ever the matchmaker, I ran into him on the streets of Los Angeles after he led worship at a local church. We literally had seconds to say hello before I whipped out my phone and tried setting him up with my then single friend, Brianna, who happened to be competing at the Olympic trials that summer and just garnered a scholarship with Bud Light's summer bikini campaign. So the only photos that populated of this God-fearing woman on Google were of skimpy little red bikini shots. Here I am after a church service showing a hot-blooded single male photos of a scantily clad woman. I'm fired. I should have been fired right there on the spot. Okay, so he is so kind and gracious and we said our goodbyes. And as he's crossing the intersection, I hollered at him her Instagram handle. Okay, so I was totally convinced that he forgot this whole encounter and he definitely wouldn't tell his sister Priscilla, right? Oh, but friends, he did. And I'm cringing like I caused the Pope to stumble even to this day. So the very fact that this kind and gracious woman said yes to sitting down to chat is nothing short of a gift. She isn't just wonderful on stage. She is humble and kind and real in real life. Before we even started recording the podcast, she just popped in with a gracious compliment like. I'm serious, Bianca. I'm saying this seriously. Your, um, I was about to say personality, but it's not that. It's your persona is so inviting and so warm. It's the same thing that draws people in when you are standing on a platform in front of them. It's your voice. It's what you're sharing. It's how you relate to people. I can totally see why folks would want to be engaged with you in a podcast. So I totally get it why it's done so well. See, she's just the most real and down-to-earth person, and I'm here for it. In our conversation, we talk about her journey from DK to Priscilla Shire, her start to ministry, how God has been so able in her life, and her words of wisdom for all who feel tired and weary in this season. Before we dive into the interview, let's first hear a word from our sponsor who makes this podcast possible. Miss Priscilla, can I just say welcome to We're Going There? 
Girl, thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful. Okay, so this is a podcast, so no one can really see how big I am grinning, but I'm me just either. grateful. I am I'm so grateful that we get to spend time together. For those that may not know a little bit of the huge resume that you have, your pride and joy is being a wife and a mom, but there is so many more facets. You're like a diamond. You are multifaceted. You are a writer. You are a speaker. You are a preacher, whether you wear that title or not. You are a movie mogul actress. I mean, girl, what don't you do? So many things, girl. So many things I don't do. (laughs) I am so excited that you are on the podcast. Can I just say thank you for your time, but more so thank you for your words. I feel like your words have shaped and shifted so much of my generation and I'm privileged for you to be able to have a light conversation today. I'm so grateful that you invited me. Seriously, you know, I'm a Bianca fan. Girl, so thank you. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and kind of open up the conversation. This is just going to be like, I want to know, you are definitely multifaceted, but I want to get to know a little bit more of those facets because there are so many people who would love to just sit across the table from you, have a cup of coffee, and you are just kind of like a homegirl. You know, you can just keep it real on so many levels <laughs> and then bring in some of that Jesus judge on it. So we know that you are a best-selling author. You are an actress. You are a pastor's daughter. And so we see so much of who you are now. But I want to go back to maybe the Priscilla that people don't know from Instagram or from Facebook or from preaching at their local church conferences. In fact, I don't, I don't know if these letters are right, but I want to know about DK. <laughs> ah, it is DK. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, what was it? What was it? It was two letters. It was two letters. Yes. Okay. Yes. So now for anyone who does not know, I, w- I want to know okay. about DK. Tell us about DK. So glad you asked about DK. Um, so when I went to high school, I transferred from a private school that I had gone through from kindergarten through eighth grade. And then freshman years when my parents sent us over to Duncanville High School, which was like the largest high school in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex at the time. And now you have to get the picture here. I'm going from having like 13 kids in my class at this private school to having 750 kids in my class. So mm. not in the high school, but just the freshman class was 753 kids. So I just thought, this is a huge, wide, vast world of people I don't know. And I thought it'd be a fun experiment, which gives you a hint into the kind of kid I was, uh, just mischievous. I thought it'd be a fun experiment to just give myself a new name and introduce myself with this new name. And I had met this girl whose initials were DK and people called her DK just in another you know, part of my life. I'd met this girl. So I thought that would be kind of cool to just take on these two initials, introduce myself that way and let me see if it'll catch on. And to make a long story short, Bianca, for the whole four years of high school, not a a student, a school nurse, a principal, counselor, teacher, no one called me Priscilla, everybody called me DK. It was monogrammed on my athletic uniforms, on my letterman's jacket, to the point that my mom looked at me one day in my senior year and she said, now Priscilla, Your father and I have not minded this little DK business, but let's be clear. When you walk across that stage and they put a diploma in your hand, there better not be a D or a K anywhere (laughs) in sight. (laughs) So that was my little high school experiment. And still to this day, if someone yells across the grocery store or the mall or comments on social media and says, hey, DK, I know that I knew them from those four (laughs) years of my life because everybody called me DK back then. I love that. I love that. (laughs) 
Okay. So after high school and you kind of like awakening into who Priscilla is now in this season, um, this is post high school, pre-marriage, pre-motherhood, pre-even ministry. If you notice, mm-hmm. I love me some alliteration, all beginning with mm-hmm. M. It's yes, the preacher's girl. daughter in me. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> so before all those, what were you doing? And what was kind of like, did you sense this God call upon your life? I think so many people want to know, like before you became the Priscilla that we know, what was that journey like before? Well, I had no concept for going into ministry like this. I I didn't think about it. It wasn't an, an ambition or something that I was aspiring to at all. Not because I was averse to it. It just wasn't my, in my wheelhouse of thought. I went to school for communications, broadcast journalism. I wanted to be a news anchor. That was my goal. And I was willing to, you know, do what you got to do to be a news anchor. You got to start in Podunk, Nevada mm-hmm. and, you know, for $12,000 a year and earn your, earn your rights to be called a journalist. And I was so excited about that whole life. So while I was in college getting my degree, one of the things I did just for experience in the field of communication was I got an internship. And the place where I could find an internship was KHCB Radio in Houston. And it is a Christian radio station. They gave me one hour a week on Saturday mornings. That was my hour show where I played music mostly. But every three or four songs, you know, as DJs do, I would come in and I'd talk for 60 seconds. I'd say something encouraging, maybe share a Bible verse, just whatever. And I did that throughout all of college. Well, sporadically through those years, people began to call the station and say, Hey, will that girl come and do a Bible study for our women's group? Or will that girl come and MC our event? Or will that girl come and just encourage what uh, encourage the women? So here I was as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old. Sometimes I'd show up, there'd be 10 people there. Sometimes I'd show up, there'd be 500 people there. I think they thought mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing. But <laughs> <laughs> I was really just showing up and sharing a little Bible study, whatever what I was kind of studying in my own quiet time at the time or whatever. And honestly, to make a long story short, Bianca, the invitations to do that just never stopped coming. Mm. In 25 years, all I've ever done is sort of accept God's invitation to go share a little Bible study. And I've done that for 25 years. And the Lord began to very clearly close the doors of television for me, um, which was very devastating in my early 20s because I'd get an opportunity to be a live roving reporter for a show on CBS and here locally. And as soon as I get the job, like the show would be canceled. So I was devastated in my young 20s because I thought this is just not panning out and I'm not good at this. And it just felt crippling to my self-image. But I can see now that even with those years of what I thought were wasted years in television, the Lord even used that to prepare me for what he had for me, even in ministry, because I Mm. ended up doing like these video driven Bible study series. And I knew how to interact with the camera very easily. So none of that was wasted. God used all of that. So when someone asked me sort of, how did I get here? The answer is, I don't know. I literally was just going, okay, this is what the Lord set in front of me to do. So I'm going to do that. And then that led to something else. Then that led to something else. And before I knew it, I was just walking in a Mm. kind of a full-time capacity in a way that I couldn't have thought this up in my wildest dreams had I tried to. So I'm so grateful. I I think that this is a part that people don't often acknowledge or want to acknowledge or want to even go through your willingness to kind of step in and do anything, whether it's for 10 people or 500 or even just on the Saturday mornings in the DJ booth by yourself preaching 
to a microphone. Uh, a lot of people can kind yeah. of see what you do now, but it's those years. It's the pounding of the ground. It's the hard soil. It's doing the things that no one wants to do. So I love that. Um, as you stepped into preaching or teaching, did you ever question if this was for you? And so a little bit of like context. So I never saw a woman of color on stage until mm -hmm. I saw mm -hmm. you. And I know that might feel foreign to a lot of people, but mm. it just really wasn't in my background. And so not only was I not used to seeing a woman, if I can say this, manhandle the Bible, yeah. cause you did, yeah. but then to see a <laughs> woman of color. And it, what it did for mm. me is that it made me feel like if she can do it and it's okay, I can do it. And so did you ever, I, I just, I just didn't know it could be done. Did you ever have a paradigm where you felt like this wasn't for you, or maybe you weren't called to this, or maybe people told you it wasn't for you? Well, I will tell you that I never questioned it because of my gender. And, and I didn't grow up seeing it either. The women I saw in ministry were in music ministry. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a church where my dad is my pastor. And I grew up in a church where he did the preaching, not because he didn't think women should preach, but because nobody else was preaching. Dad is a preacher. That's what he does. <laughs> so pretty much every Sunday, that's who we had preaching. So I didn't see that models either, Bianca, which is probably why it was never in my wheelhouse of thought. It, mm. I just, it never even occurred to me, but I did grow up in a church culture where women, their gifts were celebrated, that they were valued. So I was always encouraged to serve the Lord in whatever capacity that would be, even if I was going to be in a secular job, whether it was going to be in television or radio or whatever I was going to do, that even that was sacred ground in that mm. place. I was called to minister in a corporate office. Didn't matter the dynamics. Everything is ministry. There's no sacred and sec secular. All It's all sacred for the Christian. It all mm. sacred. So um, it never even occurred to me that because I was a woman or because I was a woman of color, there would be certain spaces or places or whatever that I wouldn't, wouldn't be welcome in. I just, in other words, it wasn't even in my wheelhouse of thought to not go somewhere or to not share Jesus or to not you know, be encouraged to, to do everything I could to help believers to be more rooted in the promises of God and to walk in victory. I just thought, what a gift. I'm going to do that mm. wherever I, wherever I can. Mm. Now, that being said, I have to also say that I know, I knew, and I still know that my primary calling is to women's ministry. So mm. I filter most of the opportunities and engagements and writing that I do through what I know my primary calling is. So a lot of the wrestling that maybe some women in ministry have to do with some of those dynamics, I've not had to simply because I know what it is that God's primary audience is for me. Mm. And I've just wanted to kind of stay committed to that and not be pulled away by a lot because there's so many opportunities to do things. So I've kind of used that as a filter so that I could be streamlined and focused on what oh, my I primary calling that. is. I love that singular focus. Okay. So who have been some of your inspirations, male and female, young and old, who have been some of your inspirations uh, as you were starting? And then even now, because you're a constant learner, you can tell by the way that you speak and the way that you write, you are always wanting to learn. So I, I want nosy minds want to know inquiring minds want to know who were some of those <laughs> formative voices in your younger years and who are the formative voices now? Are you looking to make a meaningful lifelong connection with someone who shares your beliefs? If so, you might want to try out Christian Mingle. With over 15 million Christian singles, Christian Mingle is a faith-based dating site. Their ability to help members make quality connections is the thing that sets them apart. 
They have robust profiles, personalization features that can help you connect with other like-minded members. Plus, their suite of communication tools helps you meet more people and make deeper connections. Finding your true love is one of life's greatest adventures. So discover why so many Christian singles find love at christianmingle.com slash going there. That's christianmingle.com slash going there. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, what a great question. I will tell you that one of the first people that pops into my head, Graham Lotz. Mm -hmm. I was 24 years old when I was standing in a lobby at a hotel. It was at a convention and everybody who I had ever read their book or that preachers on the radio were anybody well-known was in that lobby. So here I am 23, 24 years old. Of course, I'm wide eyed in wonder looking at these people who I'd only seen from afar. Mm. And I remember out of nowhere, I don't know what drew her to me, but she walked up to me. She looked at me and she said, I want you to know that I know who your daddy is, Tony Evans. And she said, I know that you know who my daddy is. Her daddy is Billy Graham. And she said, I want you to know that God has not called either of us to do what our fathers have done. He's called us to our own assignment. And whether it's to three people or to three million, we better do it to the glory of God. Oh my goodness. Exactly. And I mean, a chill ran down my spine. She pointed around at all the people who were standing in the lobby. And she said, Priscilla, she said, half of these people are going to get to heaven and find out they weren't even on the front lines of what God called them to do. They had notoriety. They had fame. They had money. They had publishing deals. But that was not what God asked them to do. So she said, you keep on asking God, what's the front line for you? And if it includes publishing, if it includes speaking and all that, great. But if it doesn't, you better get on that front line. And that one interaction, not only is she still a mentor to me to this day here, like, you know, 25 years later, but that interaction has informed and shaped pretty much every opportunity, offer, endeavor that I've taken on, I have filtered it through what she said to me that day when I was 23 years old. Uh, listen, I had a chill down my spine when you just reiterated what she said. And that word is oh. for you, but I just feel like that's a good word for everyone. I'm totally. claiming it as my own. I'm, I'm, yes. I, I think that that is a good word for all of us. Wow. I love that. Okay. So she's one of those formative voices yes. from 25 years ago. And even now, um, who mm -hmm. are some of those voices now that are yeah. molding, shaping, ministering to you? Totally. There is um, a lady named Trina Jenkins. Folks wouldn't know her name right off the top of their heads, but she's married to John Jenkins. They pastor a church in Maryland. But what strikes her about me is not only her commitment to, to ministry, um, they have actually the largest church in uh, the Bowie, Maryland area. It's huge. And they're serving with gladness and humility and generosity and She's got six kids, they're all grown now. So her kids are one stage ahead of mine. I just had my first one go off to college mm -hmm. and all of hers are back home from college now doing their, doing their life. So to watch her as she homeschooled kids and encouraged me in that and then raised her kids and her marriage is intact and fruitful and they like each other still and they're enjoying each other's company, watching her kids and grandkids now, to have a woman in my life who's serving the Lord, but is enjoying her own life as just a woman and who is enjoying mm -hmm. now her grown kids. It's so encouraging 
to look at someone who's one stage ahead of you, to not only call for advice and encouragement when you need it, but also just to look at them as an example that you can get through what you're going through right now and come out on the other side with a smile on your face and enjoying the next season. She has been just a beacon of that for me. So I'm so grateful to her for that. And gosh, I could give you like a laundry list of other women who's teaching, who's writing, who's ministry, who's marriages, who's sense of motherhood um, as they've raised their kids have been an investment in my life, but she is definitely one of those women. You know, it's been said that you become what you behold and you are literally embodying Anne's words and Miss Trina's words. So thank you. That's Uh, encouraging. Thanks. it's, It's the truth. It's the truth. Okay. So you are impeccable with your mastery of the word of God. And clearly that takes a lot of time and a lot of practice, but where did this love of study? And I was going to ask communication, but clearly hearing your background communication makes sense, but you can be a good communicator, but that doesn't mean you're a good studier. You are mm-hmm. a student of the word of God. Where did this love come from? Oh, my dad, 100% my dad. If people ask me, Hey, did you, did you take speaking classes? Or if they say, did you take preaching classes? The answer to that is no, I never really took speaking or preaching classes but I was, I have been a member of my father's church for 40 years. They started the church when I was one. So I have been listening to, uh, you know, and I, I know I'm probably a little bit biased when I say this, but he is probably one of the greatest communicators in yep. our generation. Oh, he is. Tony Evans is not only in his um, depth of theology, but in his ability to communicate it in a way that applies to the regular layperson who who doesn't have that seminary degree and they really want to know what it is that God is saying and the truth and how to explain it in story, in illustration, in Mm -hmm. application, but not water down or sugarcoat truth. I have basically been in a masterclass of that (laughs) my entire life. And so really a love for and appreciation for good sound theology, but clear and relatable communication no doubt that has come from my father. Uh, did you go to seminary? I did. I went to Dallas Theological Seminary. DTS. Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait. So yeah. you didn't take any preaching courses at DTS? I did not. I didn't take one. Mm-mm. Wow. You got I it didn't. from your daddy. And I, yeah, and I don't know why. I, I don't know why I didn't, but I, I didn't end up taking any preaching classes. And uh, but but really, sitting under my dad is just like, good lord, you know. <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> He's great. Do you feel like you have been bestowed or bequeathed any of his uh, teaching gifts, whether that is in illustrations or in storytelling? Because I have my answer. I'm just wondering, like, I think I might need you to answer that one, girl. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think that your storytelling is it is generational. And I don't know if he has bequeathed you or bestowed that gift upon you, or you just have been in your family (laughs) because you and your sister are just amazing storytellers, amazing, amazing storytellers. And also just your mastery of the word. I feel like as a preacher's daughter, I feel like I have inherited my father's humor and his love Mm -hmm. for exegesis. And (laughs) I feel like your love for mastering the word. And you know what you do? You take the word and you turn it inside out. 
That's one of my favorite mm. things about you. And, and like, I think the way that you aptly described your dad, who is preaching to people who do not have a seminary, seminary degree, but yet want to know some of the revelation of the word of God. He just makes it plain. I think you do the yeah. exact same thing. So oh, um, yeah. I say this because in 2020, our, our church had, uh, my husband and I launched a church in 2019. In 2020, we have a theme for the year, a word for the year. And um, it was live the dream. And this was all before we knew COVID was going to happen, right? So then all my ideas of thinking I'm very prophetic and insightful to the things of God, I'm like, yeah, I definitely misheard God, you know? But looking back retrospectively, I think that that word was apropos because it made me understand that the dream isn't always perfection and the dream can be mm. messy. But mm -hmm. um, took a group of young leaders, young female leaders, handpicked from our church and decided I was going to mentor them for a year. And one of the books that we were going to go through together and exposit was God is able. So oh, our theme verse for live the dream was Ephesians three twenty. And I will start by saying we kicked off the year in January with our vision Sunday. And I taught that week and I taught on Ephesians three twenty. I thought I did a good job until I listened to your message and read your book. God is able. And I'm like, Oh, I just, <laughs> I just serve people some chicken nuggets when Miss Priscilla is Girl, serving please. people a steak meal. <laughs> so clearly for those that don't know Ephesians three twenty. Um, now to him who is able, and you just take that verse for him to is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can ask, think, hope, or imagine to him be the glory. Now you take that verse and your whole verse was out of that one, your whole, excuse me, your whole book was out of that one verse. Where did that come from? What spawned that? What in your faith affirmed that our God is able? Hey friends, interrupt the podcast with a special update. In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. Humans aren't meant to keep everything inside. It makes us sick. And therapy helps. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles to start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join millions of people who are seeing what therapy really is about. See if it's for you, because you're your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we're going there. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash WGT. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash WGT. You know, that is so interesting. You asked that question because I, I think I wrote that book a decade ago now. It's been at least 10 years, no. I think maybe seven. Yeah. Are seven or serious? eight, if not 10. Yeah. I hadn't even mm -hmm. seen it until like, I was just like, well, this is our theme verse for the year. I should pick this yes. book up. Oh, wow. Yes. It's been a minute. And I, what I was thinking when you just asked me that question was, what that means to me now mm. is, is something even more deeply rooted than what it would have meant to me then. Because, you know, mm. the longer you live and the more you have to wrestle through disappointment, discouragement, um, expectations about life not lining up with the way you thought it would be, mm. you know, in the last two years, Bianca, I know you know this, but we, we've lost so many family members. We've lost mm -hmm. eight family members in two years, eight, mm. and not like distant family members, like our people. Yeah. Um, the whole landscape of our family has changed in the last two years. The last of which was my own mother 
and then my mother-in-law eight months later. Ooh. And um, for my, my mother, anyway, we were, you know, believing God for healing. We were praying people across mm -hmm. the globe were praying for, for that. We just were like, oh, of course, God can. We know he can. We know he's able, Ephesians 3.20. Whether or not he will is his business, but believing that he can is our business. So we're going to mm -hmm. believe for it. And then God, you'll be glorified in this. But he decided to heal her in heaven, which we know she's healthy and whole now, and she's mm -hmm. with him. But the disappointment and the, you know, it's like your, your mind is kind of like, wait a minute, why Lord, would this be your response? And as I wrestle with that, and, and the great thing about our God is that he lets us wrestle, meaning mm. he's not asking me to be superhuman and not feel disappointment or discouragement or sadness or wrestle with grief at the loss of my mom and other family members. But I get to ask questions of God without questioning God, meaning, mm. I still know he is who he said he is. And I still know that he can do what he said he can do. I believe Ephesians 3.20, even in light of the fact that he didn't answer that particular request in the way that I would prefer, because here's what Ephesians 3.20 and 20 reminded me of and, and led me to believe that carried me and anchored me through everything we've been through in the past two years. It's this, that there are categories of answers and solutions that I don't even have access to in my finite, limited human mind. Mm -hmm. In other words, when I pray to the highest capacity of solution, Lord, if you do this, it'll be the biggest miracle ever. That pinnacle of request is still at the lowest fringes of the categories of options that he has available to him. Yeah. His categories have generational impact, the likes of which my mind can't even fathom to even pray for to begin with. So when I pray, I say, Lord, yeah, do this, do what I'm asking, please, Lord, or do something better, mm. do something, but I've got to leave margin for the fact that there is better that my humanity doesn't even have the capacity to touch. Mm. So what Ephesians 3, 20 and 20 did for me in preparing me for what I just went through and in anchoring me through it is to remind me that even though his answer did not look like I would have preferred there is a way in which his glory will be big, be displayed more massively, broadly in scope. There will be effect upon generations to come. I'm talking about my grandchildren and great, great grandchildren who I may never meet. There's going to be impact on them and residual runoff on them that is going to be a blessing. Um, and I just trust that and believe that. And that Absolutely. keeps me hopeful, even in light of what seemed like hopeless circumstances. Well, listen, you cannot write what you have not lived. And so you have lived this out on display so beautifully. As we kind of wrap up, whether it is us coming out of COVID and, you know, things have been shut down for so long. Uh, what have you been learning in this season? And as we kind of close out, like what, what would you want to tell yourself 10 years ago? Because I think I'm always, always, mm -hmm. always interested in wisdom that we learn. You had said, hey, this book came out 10 years ago and what this book means to you now has really impacted you. So what would you tell to that person who is 10 years younger and wanting to learn from your wisdom? What would you tell yourself and what would you tell her? Uh, yeah, I would say seasons change. 
the season you're in right now with all of the struggle you're facing, all of the difficulty, all of the stuff that frustrates you in the moment with the toddlers or the teenager or whatever, seasons change. You, the winds of change are going to blow and you will look back and either regret that you didn't mind the blessings and the treasure and treasure the memories and write down the hilarity of those moments, or you will look back and go, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that mm. even though it was tough, I remember it. I recall it. I milked it. I sat in it. I enjoyed it. And I let myself live in that moment because most of us, at least I'll speak for me, man, I sometimes spend so much time excited about and looking forward to and pressing on to the next season that sometimes it's not until hindsight that I look back and go, oh my goodness. Mm that last season was marked with so much good stuff, but I was so busy trying to hurry through it that I missed it. Mm. So if you're single, enjoy being single because the season will likely change. If you're married with small children or married without children, enjoy it because when the season changes, it changes. If you're, you got those teenagers and everybody got a bad attitude and there's laundry all over the house and you and nobody likes what you cooked for dinner. I know it's frustrating girl, but the season is going to change and you will once again be an empty nest. So whatever season you're in, find a way to treasure the moments that are there, relax into it because the season is gonna change and you'll look back and wish and long for some of those memories that you made. Priscilla, I am so grateful for your wisdom. I'm so grateful for your time. I'm grateful for who you are. And I'm incredibly grateful for the words that you preach and you write. I hope this conversation has brought life and levity to people who listened. Um, if you want more information on Priscilla or her books, you can follow her on social media and I will put links to all of her books in the show notes. Priscilla, thank you for being on the show. Love and appreciate you. Thank you. You know, I'm a big fan. I love and appreciate you, Bianca. If you want more information on Priscilla, her books, or her life, you can stalk her on all social media at Priscilla Schreier, and you can get a link to her book, God is Able, on the show notes from today's show. Speaking of which, I'm giving away three copies of her book because one, it's so easy and it's a short read. Two, it was really impactful to my life. And three, I really have a goal of being Oprah and doing a My Favorite Things episode. So all you have to do to be entered to win one of these three books is to tag at Bianca Oltoff and at Priscilla Schreier on Instagram or Facebook with what you loved or learned about this episode and you'll be automatically entered to win. Speaking of which, there has only been one guy who has ever entered any of my giveaways from the podcast, and it was for Louis Giglio's book last week. Since he is the lone ranger of testosterone in these here parts, Steve Grange, congratulations, friend. You won the fifth book of Pastor Louis Giglio's book giveaway. DM me your address and I'll drop it your way. If this podcast is something that you like or even love, will you consider rating, reviewing, and sharing it with your friends and family? It helps this podcast go further, farther, and faster. I'm so grateful and can't wait to release a new podcast next Thursday. 